Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of New Cyber Frontier. My name is Timothy Montgomery, and I'll be your host for this session, this podcast. Uh, today, we've got David Lexit. Uh, did I say that right, David? <laughs> it's LASIK. LASIK, my bad. I always botch every name I ever seem to get onto. So uh, <laughs> at least I'm keeping current, right? So Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, the gentleman that's in front of us here, David, is uh, on with us today, a, a cyber professional, 25 years. Um, um, well, I kind of... I guess I'll just let you, we're going to talk about blockchain today, aren't we, David? So that's going to be our main topic. So I, I just, I'll, I guess, go ahead and introduce yourself and give me a little, a little summary of, of your background and just, um, you know, what's the passion there you've got for blockchain? Sure enough. Uh, thanks for having me today. It's been um, a really interest of mine to try and be with all kind of information and supportive strategy. Um, so whether it's technology, it's design or whatever it is, I really, truly enjoy that piece. Um, my name is David Lasik. I'm currently um, teaching at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Um, I work in business technology and project management, uh, do a little bit of analytics as well. Um, I'm also a late in life PhD, just having gotten my doctorate uh, this year and done my research on the definition and meaning of blockchain, done several essays on those. But my corporate career started uh, back early on at uh, International Paper out of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, pretty much was designed to uh, look at all our kind of integration systems, you know, what could we use? And we wound up integrating our, our global footprint with SAP ERP systems. So I was a project and team lead uh, headed to the field, um, basically worked globally uh, across five continents, whether I was there or not. Uh, it seemed like we were always doing international projects. And then we started to do operational practices here in the States. So that was really a, an impetus to, to try and uh, just do things better with ERP, more cost effectiveness, efficiencies, all those kind of things. Sure. Um, all those fun things happened. <laughs> so I enjoyed that very much. And uh, somewhere in the early 2010s, got asked to run a program at the University of Alabama on service design and, and trying to meet customer expectations, gap analysis, those kind of things. And uh, sort of retired from the corporate world and went into teaching. And awesome. from there, um, my wife and I moved to Colorado where we, we now teach. So, and along the way started a PhD program. So yeah, just a whole lot of different things there for sure. Well, that's awesome. It's good to meet you. Uh, it sounds like you've got a tremendous amount of background for cybersecurity uh, over the years. And um, that PhD, I know I'm still working there uh, myself. Uh, so I know how tough that can be. I think I'm gonna have to take a little bit of break for now. Uh, maybe a month or two, but um, 
and then teaching i that's a passion of mine as well um so good to hear that you i uh, got a chance to actually get out and use some of that knowledge to give it back to the community and you know further educate those that are willing to get jump in that and the cybersecurity profession with us so um it sounds like you did some research there in blockchain for a long time um and uh, it sounds like you wrote a dissertation. What was your dissertation on the definition of meaning of blockchain? Is that that's is correct? That yeah. So tell me a little bit about that and how that how did that extend to the real world? What did you get out of that? Well, it was really a, the industry, the world actually drove me there. It was one of those questions where. I was asking students and teachers and industry, what is blockchain? And it was interesting to me that as a participant in, in the industry, no one had the same answer twice. <laughs> and so crazy, I, right? <laughs> I, it was really kind of a profound consideration of, well, what is it? What is the definition of blockchain? Right. So, um, I decided to try and, and find that out. And my goal was kind of to follow on some research done by a woman named Catherine Ostern, who looked at the term ambiguity of blockchain. And so I decided to try to extend her research. And she only did a European study on a small database. And I decided to open it up. And I, I went into the web of science and pulled in all the databases that that we had in the US. And um, I went after about 106,000 articles and started to um, capture the idea of, you know, what are the definitions? What are they telling us? And in doing so, I was hoping to build a consensus definition, the most used terms, the most used words, <laughs> and uh, filter it down and through. Um, actual physical reading, um, text analysis, artificial intelligence, through scientometrics, through bibliometrics. There's all kinds of things that blockchain can really there, there was no consensus definition whatsoever. And in fact, across all those articles, the a seven-word string only appeared um, in five articles. So even something like Blockchain is a distributed ledger, only in 5.5% of the articles. So, so blockchain was really new at that point uh, across the board for any type of research. So, David, uh, we're going to take a pause right here. Uh, we need to hear from our sponsors. Uh, so um, we will return with David uh, after the short break. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Okay, and we're back with David um, of New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Tim Montgomery, and we're talking about blockchain. 
um, and the uh, research data has been doing in the blockchain and when it was just came out. Uh, how many years ago would you say that's been now since uh, talking about just not being able to find much about blockchain as you went into your uh, research? Uh, the, actually, the database went through 2020 and 2021. This wow, that wasn't long ago then. It's really recent. Um, so we're pretty much within a six-month window of, of kind of the articles being published. Well, that's amazing to see because I, I remember finding uh, pretty good concepts on some of the uh, articles that I remember uh, reading through as far as blockchain and getting the decent, uh, you know, what blockchain is and stuff. But you're right. This is this is like, a, you know, this is really new to emphasizing where blockchain is, what it is, where it's going, what the community could do with it, things like that. So you're absolutely correct about that. Um so as you did research and you found more and more, uh, what made you just decipher, I guess the dissertation was just really set down and decipher what it was, right? Right, exactly. And uh, it just, it was sort of an extension into the whole concept of the ecosystem and, and things like that. And what I had was an opportunity to do the case study, was an opportunity to to see how it was really being applied more than these definitions themselves. But um, the, the, the interesting things were listening to really respected people talk about it. And it just seemed like I'm reading one thing and I'm hearing another. And I'm sort of wondering how this acceleration of technology, of the space, could research contribute to industry at all? Um, just a lot of questions started to come up in my mind as to where are we <laughs> with this whole thing? And then I, I started to look at the standards boards like IEEE and, and IST and the ISO piece and GS1. And even there, you know, it's, it's not consistent in the standards groups. Yeah. And so it's here's the standards groups are trying to set up the right whatever phrasing it is yeah. so that it can be regulated. But the solution is changing every minute. And it's this, you know, contrast there too. how do you, you accelerate the standards adoption when <laughs> these great. partners are basically going full speed ahead? So you're you're going to see that kind of have to be adapted at some point in time and so just all these confluences you know that started to come through and and i was able to record just most of what i was seeing and and present those yeah did you did you find i mean the inconsistencies and things of that nature about what the community really is uh, defining in blockchain. I know that uh, our group is trending uh, another platform, I think, that's going to be beneficial and try to be as generic as possible, but be beneficial to the community in a way where it helps build on ideas. Um, so I know, um, you know, the community I work with uh, certainly wants to put that out there to, to be able to build perspectives on top of the platform from any angle, from any business perspective or solution. You can fit blockchain into just about anything you can think of uh, that would give transparency, uh, you know, and the integrity of, of the information. 
Uh, so I think it's here to stay, right? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, how many years do you think possibly before you see m- maybe a solution? In my opinion, we think next year sometime. So maybe this year, next year, that uh, the idea of what we got will be out on the floor and really picking up with a lot of different companies and, and things like that. So um, I know there's already at least one or two platforms that are truly standing out there um, and what they are. So Ethern and uh, another one there. Um, so um yeah where do you see the the going as far as into industry well certainly i think it's here to stay and even if we haven't even if we don't get there we've changed the nature of the conversation and that's that's what i really have kind of learned through the process of examination here the world economy has changed um, we are exchanging at speed. We're exchanging information at speed. And so um, w- when we have these kind of exchanges go on, we need trusted information. And we're putting out there, you know, instead of a cargo ship with a container of one pallet of this stuff and one pallet of that stuff, it's 40,000 individual boxes. And so when it's coming cross border, we really struggle to know what's coming cross border. So we've changed that conversation by introducing blockchain. And I don't think that's going to change. Um, The most important thing is that we know that we've got ERP systems, which is where I came from. And we know that they're powerful systems and they're not going anywhere ERP systems. What what exactly are those? Enterprise. So you're about the supply chain management idea of tracking a package, say FedEx or or UPS or even USPS, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, wherever to to you know from from point A, wherever its origin is, all the way to its destination throughout. Correct. That's right, and and you, your example is perfect. So UPS, DHL, FedEx. They share that same package at times, right? So DHL institutes it, moves it across to FedEx, and FedEx might move it over to UPS or any combination. The thing that's changed is we have to, it's not where we compete, it's where we agree. 123 Main Street is 123 Main Street to everybody. (laughs) And we have to record June 1st, 19. 85 is June either 6-1 or 0-6-1. Or ratting, right? (laughs) Database only knows one way to do something. It doesn't need to convert everything to one way. Exactly. So we've got to look for ways to come to a cooperative environment, open source. We've got to look for ways to try and rethink what the enterprise industry needs in the first place. And as my friend Dale would say, we have to manage the globe from the International Space Station. We have to see how things move cross borders on a much more global scale than kind of in this small realm. And uh, it's incumbent on us to how to reorganize to match the market reality. And uh, we think blockchain is here and it's, it's absolutely critical. Awesome. David, we're going to take another break for our sponsors. Um, and when we return, we'll talk more about blockchain and how, 
how it seems to be impacting the uh, supply chain. So uh, anyway, uh, here's a uh, pause for our sponsor. So. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Okay, welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. I'm here with Dave with uh, 25 plus years, teacher, um, school over there and got your PhD. We're talking a little bit about dissertation you've written. I'm sure the maddening of getting the dissertation. <laughs> uh, I feel your pain there. Um, and just how that implies to the real world scenarios about blockchain and how just one of many examples that we're going to use blockchain for FedEx or UPS. We won't name all the names, but uh, affiliation to being able to just track that package. So being able to track that package is very important. And I can only imagine the certain reasons depending on what's in that package, right? Um, so I had heard, you know, there was a commercial out, I guess it was, about the Jaquita banana. And the banana was actually calling the shots on the sensors of defining whether we should change um, how much it costs in the supermarket. So, I mean, those are, that's the internet of things, right? Basically, sure. you got all these devices that are kind of going tracking that, that product from, from where it starts to getting it out to market where people can buy. Um, and just those affiliations of getting it on the shelf to shipping it to, to getting it off the tree and harvesting and just all those little, little pieces that I don't think people really think about when it comes to some of these things, bananas in particular, I guess. Uh, but the banana was making the, the choice as whether or not we should put them on sale because they're ripening and they've got something there that shows just how fast they're ripening. So they got to get them off the tree in time so they can get them to market. So it puts your, uh, your bundle of bananas on sale for an extra buck off today. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting how that works out, right? But this blockchain idea in theory would inevitably make that transparent and you would have, you know, factors that would play in there for integrity. Uh, from device to uh, you know from uh, from vendor to vendor that would how they would maintain and handle the prospects of those bananas i'm guessing and that's just across the board of all kinds of things i mean did you i mean it would i think fedex is something you mentioned uh there and uh did, was that particular to your research of uh how you did some of the things and uh, was it with fedex or who was it with i did a case study with fedex and so was i able to to work with their team and their sta senior staff on what their directionality was, some of their thought processes around blockchain. Um, I think it's really uh, an interesting kind of example that you give with a banana. It's, um, it's something that I think we have to kind of adopt is understanding we can learn for the first time in history, we have the opportunity, if you will, to go all the way back and establish provenance with anything, any kind of information we've got. So 
in that case, you know the shipment, you know the ripening, you know it got to the stores, when it got to the stores, and so on. Yeah, because right now we don't really know that, do we, all the time? And not exactly. Right? So, I mean... Chain of custody exists. Right. FedEx has that already. Got to hold if them on bananas, right? <laughs> but the provenance thing, or, you know, I always use the example of Gucci shoes. So if you're on Amazon and you buy a Gucci shoe, how do you know it's a Gucci shoe? Yeah. Right. And so in, in you've resale, then you go again, well, I'm selling a Gucci shoe. Well, if you don't have that real identification, then you really yeah, don't know whether or not you're getting a Gucci shoe or not. That's true. Right? And the knockoffs look just as good almost, right? Exactly. For the and ones that are not Gucci or even if they're claiming it. So. so data is for the first time in our history, the product. It's our first time where data becomes an actual entity to itself. And I'll go further than where you are with the banana example, but you could start down the line of the digital twins or doing any kind of predictive or prescriptive type things. So a snowstorm's coming to Chicago, you know you have a lot of ankle injuries or broken ankles, Medtronic reshifts, you know, their supply chain in advance. So the storm puts uh, ankle parts into operating rooms ahead of the storm instead of waiting until the storm has occurred. You know, so you start doing those kind of things and start imagining what you could do with the data in ways we can't do that right now. And that well, comes from the blockchain. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, because if we think about the odd concept of the banana, the banana could spoil before it gets to market, and then that, and then there's loss of product there. Uh, same concept if you're in the middle of the storm trying to deliver product versus beforehand catching it or being able to speed up processes, uh, emphasizing where your productivity goes, uh, and that you know makes more efficiency. So yeah, and the data is. Data is data now these days. I mean, data about data, literally, right? Uh, and that integrity is not fully, we, we don't fully uh, perceive the concept of the full integrity of data. And it certainly can be botched uh, like our Gucci shoe. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, from there, and I mentioned some of the Internet of Things kind of laying into this as well. Uh, do you, what do you see about or have seen in your research, especially with FedEx there? Have you seen any of these things out there so far being tested? What was what was their current uh, situation? Did you get the chance to? Oh sure, uh, there, I've got a couple hundred pages on it, but um, there's. <laughs> you speak a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's main things that that make FedEx run. Um, the time sensitivity to transportation how they're able to basically collapse time and get things to you on time. Um, tracking, obviously, getting access into the system. And then um, they invented the ability to track packages. They, they started that. So they are the true innovators, inventors. I don't think you mean use innovator because they invented it. Yeah, I about information throughout the entire supply chain. So I started with that just because 
they see the future as being a always have been the customer how what is the value proposition of the customer getting a package to that person on time knowing that package exists it what is the job to be done you know the true essence of the service and they see this piece coming in in a number of different ways so their primary mission right now we got to work with other folks and Dale Christie is their strategist and he's worked with just about everybody you can imagine on a global scale to evangelize what they're speaking about. That's good. And uh, I think that's the start, but I think for an industry to accept or understand what's going on with the blockchain comes back to a couple of the things we were talking about. What does it mean? What is it? Yeah. And so for leadership and the C-suite to understand why I need to put this kind of investment together or this interest together, somebody has to say what it is. Right. But I think the most important thing is why. Why is this important for my business in the future? And Fred Smith's been quoted, and I'll misquote this, but... He said this at the BRI conference, probably in 2018, 2017. I apologize for, for not knowing the dates, but uh, be either you're involved in this space right now or be prepared to be disrupted or extinct. And that's how he sees it from his point as an inventor of yeah. the system that tracks information. It's he's right. I think it's coming. There's a big disruption coming. I think it's going to secure the internet and it's going to help with privacy in a lot of ways. I hope. Exactly. Uh, and it's something that I think I got to in the, in the long run, just going through all these definitions was what we started to see was a lot of industry alliances occur. And so Bitta, for example, Blockchain and Transportation Association or Alliance, um, they are there trying to work out what works best for them, right? Yeah. And, and there's, I tracked down about 78 of these that you either see from geographic regions, by country, by state, or by, you know, whether it's food or it's diamonds or it's, some things that are pertinent to their industry, you're seeing these groups starting to align and they're starting to get to a point where they're working on what is necessary for their industry to use blockchain and the standards groups are sitting in the car with them. Yeah. So the industry alliance is looking out the front window and the standards groups usually look out the back window, but they sort of have to kind of come together and say, okay, where is this going? Yeah, consensus. And the interoperability is is where this will all come together. And Hyperledger and things like that are the places that are trying to make that kind of come together at this point. So it's a real fascinating, you know, recipe right now of the different elements. That is an exciting time in blockchain, right? Absolutely. But I think keep the first and primary question of why 
why is this important in right. first? And I think that'll really help your strategic decisions, your leadership, and commit the resources to the blockchain initiatives. Yeah, and hopefully it touches base with just more than the logistics side of things. Oh, certainly. Yeah, well, I we did a, um, a small class. I took a class over at Duke, the blockchain, here in the last few months, taking a look at um, oh, Dr. Uh, he's, in a, he's a fintech. Uh, he loves fintech. Uh, but the gentleman that was doing it, uh, I can't remember what his name now, he's a professor there. Anyway, um, it was on a uh, Coursera course that I took, paid some money to sit down and take three courses. But, um, his reference was, we had put together a small little project, but we were referencing something out there for uh, being able to do parking spots and relevance of how blockchain can create the integrity of trust for the information that's flowing uh, with smart contracts. Um, and then using those smart contracts to actually utilize those tokens to pay out as 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 you used it. I mean, literally in in the very real sense of as you were using it, and you know everybody in in the process was getting their you know their equivalent to what uh, they were promised in the agreements as they flow through things. There was no wait time, and there's no middleman uh, necessary. So, and that sped up processes. Um, that also gave way to utilizing, uh, you know, currency and things of that nature that could be in that person's bank account that they might have not had a privilege of being able to use without having some alternative to wait for pay. So I think blockchain, you're right. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of facets. And we, you know, we had a lot more than that, but uh, I, because there were several different groups of students there. Um, but uh, especially with your research, kind of just getting into how supply chain works. Uh, is is one of the biggest in, uh, factors I think that's going to come out of this, but also the trust in in uh, money transactions. So that's a whole different beast, if you will. Um, did you do any more research? I mean, you did FedEx. Um, did you have a chance to do any other? Um, you, yeah, you said quite a bit. Did you ever get into the Institute for, um, I will say, a, a finance or education on? Any preferences to how blockchain can interact with those types of institutions? It's a it's an interesting question. Um, blockchain foundations it's it's kind of there for all of it, right? Yeah. It's, we start with definitions ninety nine percent of the time. When you start, what is blockchain? Somebody will talk about Bitcoin. Yeah, it's the first thing, right? Right. So it always sort of wanders into Satoshi Nakamoto. It always sort of wanders into the crypto started. space almost immediately. Yeah. And, and just tongue in cheek, it's it's sort of a bad thing for it yeah. because the blockchain has, has been around much longer than than that. And, and ledger part, right? Sure. You know, but the whole science has been for a number of years. Um, so it's the concept that I think is the, the most important. And so people get labored inside of these fintech and crypto and, and all those kind of things necessary for sure, but sometimes really miss what it is we're talking about. Um, the why again, I keep going back to is in exchange, um, 
there's industrial technology that are cost-benefit calculations impacts the firm productivity. With blockchain, it's institutional technology, and it's about its ability to affect economic change and lower this verification and networking transaction costs that are significant across the the industry players. And so that's a whole lot different than the, you know, just saying, well, what can we use it for? We have to see it for its global kind of significance and, and just know we use it in those areas, but keep the conversation at a point where we can manage, you know, an industry for sure. No, no, that's, that's true. I know there's a lot of middlemen that just, just seems to will transition out uh, in ways uh, like with the finance communities uh, that will simplify the uh, integrity or trust. Uh, which means all your institutes that are trust per se companies, uh, those agencies out there are going to either find something new about themselves or are, are going to have to you know, end up uh, integrating into the newer concepts of how we do it with, with blockchain on the way. So It's interesting because you get to a point where you can really make only a, a few small inferences, but with all the different players that are involved in this and all the different points of view on it, like you mentioned, um, there's, you go back to some of the basics, the provenance redefines the strategic ability to meet these customer demands. But what we're really talking about is something simple and you can kind of get back to trusted data. It's the exchange of trusted data. Yeah. For the first time in history, we can do that. That's true. We, we can set up a business and your students and my students can start to think about a world where we didn't build business on these idea of checks and balances all the time. I can set it up from the point of view of trust immediately. I don't right. have to retrofit it. I can start in a premise of trust. Now, what would that look like if I, I set up a business that way? I don't know. That's a concept that I think that we have not truly seen uh, in our lifetimes. There's I, always I, been something there that's, that's caused us to have to have a mediator, third party, something of that nature. That's been played into uh, every segment, uh, especially when it comes to business transactions. So. Well, the intermediary is, is something that you got to think about, too. If I can find you and you can find me and we can exchange something through either a, a smart contract or a crypto, intermediaries aren't necessary anymore. Sure. So all of a sudden we have a different relationship and we enable a part of the population that, that may not have access to banks and things like that, a global population. So. It's a very distinct possibility that intermediaries will be affected. I don't think they're going anywhere personally. I see a lot of reason for banks and I see a lot of reason for the intermediary, but there is a new segment of the market that says you and I can do business together and trust each other because we have trust in our, our exchange. 
Yeah, the information and trust. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, okay, well, this kind of marks the end of our show, David. Um, got any last any last words for blockchain and what would you tell the audience out there about about blockchain? <laughs> what would you say the most fascinating piece or well, I guess blockchain in general? Uh, I think we've discussed plenty of things about blockchain, but last couple of words, what would you say about blockchain? I think that the most important thing to do here is understand the why. I think to walk away and understand that these are strategic business decisions. These aren't just technology. Blockchain is not an app. It's not necessarily built for profit right away. We have to establish what it is as a platform, much like the internet, where we can just go use it when we need to. There's going to be times when a normal transaction is better and our databases and ERP systems are better suited for transactional elements. But there's a new space. And if you want to call it a new sheriff in town and the blockchain is, is, is carrying the badge right now of trusted data in exchange. And so that's, that's how I would leave it there and, and know that's a, a new value proposition for a consumer. All right. Yeah. So, um, our guest, David, uh, <laughs> um, and his PhD, um, uh, I'm actually, uh, congratulations on the PhD. Thank I know you. Uh, one of those things. Um, and, um, it just, it's hard pressed to get that dissertation out there, but I'm, I'm glad for your insight on blockchain. Um, I'm, I'm, it's good to see that there's research still being conducted. We're still in our early, early ages of the blockchain. Um, but I think it's coming alive pretty fast and it's, it, it's got a steering mechanism. In other words, it's headstrong going in the right direction. Um, and so I guess that will mark the end of our show today. And, uh, uh, we'll see you next time on here on, um, new cyber frontier. I'm your host, Tim Montgomery. And, um, have a good day, everybody. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at NewCyberFrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.